0: is Dr. Cheryl Selman, and welcome to What Women Must Know. Thank you for joining me because this is another opportunity to have a fantastic conversation. You know, this show really is for the purpose of empowering all of us, me included, so we can make the most informed decisions regarding our health and well-being. And I always like to say I'm not here to tell anybody what to do, we can't tell anybody what to do, but we can certainly give more information, expand our horizons, and be able from there to make better choices in our life. And that's what the show is all about, great conversations, we're exploring many facets of health, healing, transformation, and as always, it's an opportunity to really expand our awareness, expand our knowledge. So thanks again for joining me. And by the way, if you'd like to get the archives to my show, you can either go to my Facebook page, which is What Women Must Know, or you can go right to my website, which is Dr. Cheryl Selman, com and opt in there, and everything gets sent right direct, directly to you. So um Let's jump in. We have a fantastic guest. I'm so grateful that um, Dr. Rick Jasmine has time for us. We're going to be exploring the um, Psychedelic Handbook, which is the name of Dr. Rick Jasmine's latest book. And I wanted to share a little bit about uh, Dr. Jasmine. Well, I like to say here, he is a clinical research psychiatrist founding figure of the American psychedelic research renaissance and best-selling author of DMT, The Spirit Molecule, an account of his DMT and psilocybin studies, which has sold a quarter million copies and been translated into over a dozen languages. He co-produced an independent documentary by the same name. Dr. Strassman Performed clinical research investigating the function of the pineal hormone melatonin, in which his research group documented the first known role of melatonin in humans. He also began the first new U.S. government approved clinical research with psychedelic drugs in over 20 years, focusing on DMT and to a lesser extent psilocybin. He has been a consultant to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, National Institute on Drug Abuse, Veterans Administration Hospitals, and the Social Security Administration. In 1984, he received lay ordination in a Western Buddhist order and co-founded and for several years administered a lay Buddhist meditation group. He currently is clinical associate professor of psychiatry at the University of New Mexico School of Medicine. And he has his latest book, which is called The Psychedelic Handbook, A Practical Guide to Psilocybin, LSD, Ketamine, MDMA, and DMT Ayahuasca. So we're in for quite a trip, if I may say that, Rick. <laughs> um, well, thanks, So, so Nice welcome to be here. To, <laughs> welcome to the show. It's so great having you here, Dr. And, um, You know, this is such a fascinating conversation. I'm just so grateful that you were able to make time to be on the show. Um I, I, I wanna I wanna just start by asking you, um, you know, you started out as such a traditional um uh, you know, orthodox medical doctor, psychiatrist. Uh, what happened along the way that you do into this area?
1: <laughs> um well in a lot of ways my uh you know, traditional i uh, a you know, training trajectory was kind of a trojan horse uh you know, because all of that training uh was ultimately uh, and you know hopefully going to be in the service of doing psychedelic drug research um i uh you know, went to medical school in order to study psychedelics you know but this was in the early 1970s and uh it was mostly nose to the grindstone, you know, to get my qualifications. But um, if, if there were to be a renewal of psychedelic studies in humans, um, you know, once these uh, you know, drugs were illegalized um, in 1970, I knew it would be most likely in a medical kind of setting. So um, I, I set out to get the best possible training I could. Um, went to medical school psychiatry training uh, you know clinical psychopharmacology research training um, and then a post uh, you know fellowship uh, you know, project for a couple of years uh, you know cutting my teeth you know becoming an independent uh, you know clinical researcher doing the melatonin work you know which ultimately um, you know was uh, the first step in looking for Um, what I call the spirit molecule, a naturally occurring uh, substance in the human body that could mediate some of the features of spiritual experience. Um, uh, The melatonin work um, demonstrated that it was primarily sedating, which everybody knows now, but this was the mid-'80s, and there wasn't much known about melatonin. By that time, I had learned about DMT and then embarked on that DMT study.
0: Well, I have to say, that was a really long, hard road to to hoe to get to the work with psychedelics. (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah, you know, I just honor you. But, you know, it just brings me to the next question, Rick. What was it that had such a strong motivation within you that you were willing to endure all those years of Nose for the grindstone or to, you know, go to medical school, go on to your specialty, go on to post but 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 what was it that it was such a strong drive in you to to do that
1: um, well, I'm just not sure to be honest uh, I think it's my constitution i mean I'm pretty tenacious um, yeah, but uh, specifically I mean I was always interested in uh, in chemistry, as a kid, I made bombs. I made fireworks, and uh, I began as a chemistry major in college. Um, you know, kind of thinking I would start my own, I would start my own uh, fireworks line. You know, but I was dissuaded. You know, people said you're smart. You should be a doctor. So, in a way, I, I, I kind of got the last laugh because instead of external fireworks, I was you know, generating them. You know, <laughs> you know from inside. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, the trigger, I think, ultimately, you know, was my own experience. Uh, the first time I smoked uh, a cannabis, it was a you know fully psychedelic experience. Uh, there were purple clouds coming out of my speakers. I was calm for the first time in my life. Uh, the floor gave way, and my friend and I were flying over town on a carpet. I mean, it was it was completely out there and completely surprised me. Um, and, you know, with my penchant for chemistry, the first, you know, thought I had was there's something going on in my brain that was not going on a half hour ago. Um, and in a way, I I I got the bug. It was a, a you know, case of, you know, research being research. Um, I was so interested in, you know, tracking down the biology of these altered states you know, that it uh, – it was a spur all those years to you know keep on going and potentially position myself you know to be able to do studies like that you know more specifically uh in college in the late 60s early 70s um meditation was uh, uh, coming into the west coast and uh and uh, you know clearly there were a lot of people taking you know psychedelic uh, drugs at the time you know so to the extent you know that the effects of certain you know kinds of meditation resembled the uh the effects of um you know taking uh, you know, psychedelic drugs I you know thought that there was potentially some common biological denominator you know for example you know certain parts of the brain it might be turned on when you take LSD, uh and also you know what it you know, possibly occur when you practiced uh certain kinds of meditation you know that duplicated you know, some of the effects of LSD um you know so that yeah uh, you know, kind of distilled into the notion of the biological you know, basis of spiritual experience um, which was uh, um, you know which was how I you know framed you know the search over those years um you know mostly um I kept um, um you know, my interest in myself, uh, it, it wasn't a good time, uh, you know, to declare an interest in studying psychedelics. You know, the war on drugs was in full swing. Um, you know, there was no human research uh, you know, going on for 20 years. Um, you know, but I was in the right time, the right place, I was well qualified. I had, um, you know, written a review paper on adverse effects of psychedelics in anticipation of any uh, uh, um, you know protests or you know questions about you know, whether they could be you know given safely in a, in a research environment you know so i uh, you know kind of uh, did all the groundwork and uh the, um, at a certain point it, it you know felt like now or never you know this was a good time to you know see if i could pull it off That's
0: just an amazing um moment when you finally got approved to do this research after all these years, Rick, where you had this passion and this driving force and sense of purpose when it finally arrived.
1: Uh, Yeah. Well, it it was kind of crazy, you know. I spent, you know, two years, you know, phone calls and, you know, faxes. Uh, Keep in mind, you know, this was the mid-'80s, late, um, you know, the late 1980s. Uh, email is just getting off the ground. You know, so um, I was calling FDA once a week, twice a week, three times a week, you know, sending faxes back and forth. Um, yeah, it, it it was grueling. Um, yeah, you know, so it was two years of you know, kind of, uh, you know, Don Quixote and the windmills. I, I was just uh, – well, it was one of those, uh, uh, you know, cases. If they didn't just you know, say no, I figured they – at you know, some point, you might say yes, and I wasn't going, you know, to give up uh, until they told me no. Um, you know, previously, I um, had submitted a uh, you know, protocol to, you know, to the FDA and, you know, to the DEA to study MDMA um, or ecstasy. Uh, it was, you know, just uh, made illegal in, uh, you know, 1985 or so, and I had some experience with it. It was an interesting drug, you know, not that well known. Um and it you seem like a useful compound for psychotherapy, you know, not quite as psychedelic as
0: psilocybin
1: or L S D. Um and you know, it was turned down for a number of reasons. Yeah, but I started, you know, to learn you know what kind of responses to expect you know from the federal government you know, to a request to study a schedule one compound that was uh you know so controversial. You know, one of the strategies that I learned was to make the study as boring as possible, you know, to not use, you know, psychotherapeutic approaches to study normal volunteers, you know, to do a psychopharmacology study, you know, endocrine results or, you know, endocrine responses, you know, questionnaires, you heart rate, you know, people diameter, you know, just, you know, prove that you could study psychedelics in humans, you know, safely, you know, generate, you know, data and establish, you know, ways, you know, to measure the subjective effects, you know, with a new questionnaire, you know, to measure DMT in the blood. You know, it was completely nuts and bolts. I... Um even though I was interested in comparing and contrasting spiritual experiences you know with the d m t effect i um you know, mostly kept that to myself uh ostensibly the study um was just uh, psychopharmacology dose response uh uh you know research you know
0: you have to know how to have rapport in whatever world you're in, right.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, people, you know, were always telling me, oh, you'll never be able to do it. Um, you know, but I don't, you know, and uh, um you know, they would bring up, uh, um examples of other people trying. You know, but I, um the federal government it was extremely interested in these drugs. It was just a case of, you know, nobody had submitted, uh, you know, like an airtight um that was um, intended to just ask you know very basic questions um you know the previous applications were you know, you know they were just you know too much you know putting the the um, you know the cart before the horse uh you know psychotherapy uh you know spiritual effects things like that um you know so I spoke their language I was qualified I I you know buttressed my arguments with you know tons of references and in a lot of ways it was an inarguable uh, you know, protocol it, it it made a lot of sense uh it it uh, you know received a couple of grants you know from the NIH uh a uh, first time around you know so um, you know, people were, you know, quite keen, you know, to study these drugs, you know, but it had to be a good study.
0: So what did you find when you, in your study when you were administering DMT? And maybe for people who are listening and don't know what DMT is, we can first define what DMT is. And sure.
1: Then,
0: uh, yeah, then we can go and look at what you found in those studies as a result of giving them DMT. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Um, well, so DMT stands for dimethyltryptamine. Uh, It's a chemical cousin of both uh, serotonin and of melatonin. Uh, It's it's produced in the brain. Uh, It uh, is quite um, prevalent in nature. Uh, Hundreds, if not thousands of plants and every mammal has ever been studied, including humans. Um, It was studied previously. Well, it was you know, first discovered in Amazonian and psychedelic plants in both ayahuasca and in uh you know, some of the uh, you know, psychedelic uh yeah you know, snuffs um, that people use. Um it was uh extracted you know, from you know, some of these plants. Uh a Hungarian you know, psychiatrist uh named Stephen Zara uh you know, discovered its uh you know, psychedelic effects you know, which um, required injection as opposed to it being orally active in, you know, the 1950s. And it, you know, remained uh, you know, kind of an exotic, you know, niche, um, you know, psychedelic especially compared to LSD back then. You know, but after it was discovered in human body fluids, it became the focus of a lot of interest within psychiatry as, you know, perhaps relating, you know, to psychosis and schizophrenia. Um. You know, so there were a number of studies in Hungary. I was, uh, you know, studied at the NIMH in, you know, I'm in Maryland. Uh, it was, uh, you know, studied at, uh y uh, it, it, it was um, studied at a, a you know, research facility in Kentucky for a number of years as well. Uh, you know, so it had a, a, a track record of, uh, uh, you know, being used in human studies, you know, safely. Um, it's extremely short-acting when it's either smoked or injected. The effects begin within a few heartbeats. Um, they uh, you know, peak within a few minutes, and you're pretty much, uh, you know, down at about a half hour or so. It was never an extremely you know, popular you know, psychedelic of, of abuse. You know, back in the 60s, it used to be called a business man's you know, trip because it was you know, so short. You know, theoretically could smoke it at lunchtime and then go back to work um, you know, Terrence McKenna you know, publicized it a lot you know, starting in uh in the late nineteen eighties um and uh you know we started our study um in uh uh um in uh, November nineteen ninety um you know so uh, yeah, back then um There was not a lot of popularity regarding ayahuasca either. You know, so in a lot of ways, uh, you know, we were able to kind of sneak in under the radar without attracting a lot of publicity.
0: And what did you find in your in your research when you administered DMT to people? What 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 did you learn? What did they experience? Well,
1: yeah. um, you know, there were um uh, uh, yeah, there were um, a couple of of uh, uh, you know different um uh, you know, routes or, you know, tracks you know, that we were interested in uh, exploring. You know, one was to confirm you know the animal data which had been accumulating about psychedelics over the intervening uh you know, twenty years. Um
0: you know, human studies
1: ended after the passage of the Controlled Substances Act of nineteen seventy continued and was quite important in um, discovering, uh discovering are you different kinds of receptors for serotonin and, and, and the SSRS um that you know, were developed. Rick, you're
0: almost. um can I just say you've gotten very distant? I'm not sure.
1: Okay. Is, let's it, see, is, it, been...
0: is there a line or the, how you're holding the phone, but you've gotten very distant. it's <laughs> hard, hard to hear you.
1: Uh, let's see. I'm in the same chair. Um, let me see.
0: That's that's when, good now. Okay. Good. Yeah,
1: no. yeah. Well, I live in kind of a remote area, so you know, depending on the weather. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> w- yeah. You know, we wanted to confirm the animal data uh, with respect to, you know, to the receptors, which are involved in mediating you know, the behavioral and the biological of, um, effects of psychedelics. Uh, you know, so. Um, you know we wanted to either refute or confirm or you know somehow um you know deal you know with the animal uh you know, data um, um which had accumulated um over those intervening twenty years you know so we looked at um, a number of you know, biological uh you know, variables uh yeah primarily uh you know hormonal responses um you know what's called in, uh, you know. um what is called neuroendocrinological responses, you know, things like beta, on um, endorphin, prolactin, your cortisol, all those kinds of things. Um, and also, you know, autonomic effects like your cardiovascular ones, heart rate, your blood pressure, your core temperature, um, and uh, your pupil diameter. You know, so, you know, we gave a number of doses, uh, you know, quite small doses, medium doses, and a big dose placebo-controlled randomized, uh, you randomized know, kind of administration um, we also you know only studied experienced uh, psychedelic users and you know, this was um, you know for a couple of reasons you know one was I believe you know that they would you know, be able to give you know more uh, you know, highly or responsive to DMT. Yeah, one with melatonin, oh, and, uh, we'll, yeah, which was kind of interesting. Um, and, think, you know, really with, uh, and yeah. thyroid think we stimulating you know, hormone didn't respond. Yeah but, every, yeah, but everything else did. You know, we also uh, um you know, by giving smaller doses, you know, we could um, yeah, characterize you know, sub psychedelic doses of DMT. Um, you know, ones that still you know would uh, Know, trigger, you know, trigger biological responses, you know, uh, yeah, but the, I uh, I uh, psychological responses were not fully psychedelic. They were more like a stimulant or like MDMA or like a tranquilizer. And, uh, you know, those, uh, you know, data are turning out to be extremely valuable um, with respect to some studies which are in the works regarding using small doses stroke patients um i am either i uh, uh you know to reduce uh uh stroke uh, you know damage acutely and also to speed recovery uh from stroke and you can give well you can give in uh you know normal volunteers anyway you know, small uh you know doses of d m t which are still you know, biologically active, you but they don't increase heart rate significantly, and, you know, they don't increase your blood pressure significantly either. You know, so that, you know, demonstrates, you know, the value of, you studying a wide range of psychedelic drug, you know, doses. You psychologically, you know, one of my, you know, questions, you know, was whether uh, if you just gave a, enough DMT, you know, without a lot of preparation, without a lot of coaching, you know, without a lot of expectation, you just go in there and you see what the experience is like, you remember as much as you can and you talk about it afterwards. You know, people didn't, you know, people uh, you did not across the board have spiritual experience. experiences. Um, and if you look at you know the roots of you know, the term psychedelic it means mind man systems disclosing. So it's just just dependent on the mind of the person getting the drug. You know, there's no intr you know, there's no in, intrinsic uh, uh, you know spiritual you know, properties of the drug. You know you know so you know, that I was using in, you know, thinking about uh, the spiritual effects of DMT uh, were based on, in my years of study of Zen Buddhism. You know, so the ultimate spiritual experience in, uh, you know, Buddhism is kensho or enlightenment or nirvana. It's a state of emptiness. You know, there's no personality. There's no time or space. There's no content. But only, uh, you know, one, you know, volunteer out of, you know, 53 uh, you had that kind of experience. And it was in an individual, you know, with a longstanding experience. Nurse was interested in the near death state and had a near death experience. You know, some um a couple of individuals with a history of trauma. You work through their trauma. You know, so you know, with you without coaching, without expectation, without you suggesting anything other than you know, people to just have their trip. You know, they weren't especially you know spiritual experiences. You know, so in a way, um, you know, that answered my question uh, about, uh, you know, whether, uh, you know, psychedelics, uh, and specifically, uh, you know, DMT, it was inherently spiritual. You know, the answer was no, Uh, it's a psychedelic. Um, And and, so that answered, you know, one of the most burning questions that I brought to bear on the research.
0: Huh. You know, um, we live in interesting times, as you are well aware, I and mean, in your book, this new book, The Psychedelic Handbook, which talks about a practical guide to psilocybin, LSD, ketamine, MDMA, and DMT, ayahuasca, obviously, you know, you have been exploring the use of these medicines, and and um, I have been exploring the use of these, and I'll just tell you my what drew me, and I'd love to hear kind of your, um, you know, your perception of what's happening now, because as a, a long-term um, uh, person involved in, in, in a spiritual, yes, definitely a spiritual dimension since my early 20s, and then um, going on and doing my own inner work and doing lots of programs and personal development, I felt I reached a place in my own personal journey where I was still contained by the mind, Rick. I still was, you know, operating within the mind. And I felt that there is a a dimension that we can access that connects us in a more profound way to a greater truth within us of who we are. And that was part of why I decided to, you know, be an adventurer and explore some of this medicine, particularly with ayahuasca. I've done some other things in the past, but it was ayahuasca and and just and to explore, right? To get beyond the mind. And I recently was listening to a conversation with Alberto Vilda, who has been a guest on my show, and he was saying that he believes that things like ayahuasca open up to the higher mind, to another perception of reality of who we are. So that's kind of my you know, my take on it. I'd, I'd love to hear your take on things and the use of these medicines.
1: hmm Well, um, I think that, you know, that, uh, um, well, you know, Stan Groffin a number of years ago, uh, uh, you know, stated you know, that he, uh, he believed, you know, that psychedelics were non-specific amplifiers of the unconscious. Um, you, yeah, but I think you can expand, you know, that definition or you know that idea uh you know by stating that they're non specific amplifiers of things which are more or less conscious, uh, in your own mind. Um, you know, so they make more true things which are pre existing. They make more convincingly real things which are you know, pre existing, which are you know more or less conscious. Um you know one of the definitions of you know psychedelics you know that i have heard recently uh is you know that these compounds enhance meaning you know they're meaning enhancing drugs you know so if you know for example you're an atheist and you just or an agnostic you know but you you really yearn you know you know for an awareness of god you know but you've you know but you've had you know no experience of you know kind of awareness you know but you still are uh, you know hoping you've you know, studied religion and spirituality scriptural uh you know scripture you know theological material um and you you want to believe in god you know but you've never had that you know first hand encounter um i think you know you will uh, will, uh you know that being the case um in, you know, somebody like that, um, you know, that takes a psychedelic, you know, they believe, you know, that they have encountered God uh, for the first time in their lives. And they say, oh, of course, you know, there is a God. You know, but that was, you know, something that was already floating around. Um, it just didn't come out of nowhere. You know, so I I think, um, you know, it's uh, – you know, kind of like, you know, one of, you know, the questions about, you know, the reality of the DMT state, uh, you know, one of the, you know, frequent, uh you know, reframes that you'll hear after people smoke DMT is that what they experienced was more real than real, more real than everyday reality, more convincing, more true, more definite, more concrete. You know, so that, you know, raises the question, Um, you know, um, is what you're witnessing on, uh, you know, DMT more real than real, and and I think you just you you, you need to, uh, you know, retain, you know, some some skepticism, and you could say it feels more real than real, but that does not mean it is more real than real, mm-hmm. you know. So in, in, instead of, you know, going off, you know, half cocked on, uh, you know, the idea that yeah, you know, we're entering a whole new level of reality. I think if you, you know, maybe, uh, you know, dig down a level um, or two deeper, you can instead ask the question, you know, what is the basis of the feeling of reality, you know, rather than, okay, I have, you know, found the truth, and, you know, this and that. I think the more important question is, you know, how do you define the truth? You know, what... You know, what makes experiences you know, true or not, um, as opposed to you know, getting, let's say, evangelical about it?
0: Well, you know, uh, like anything, it's the tension that plays a big role in whatever we do, right, in creating the the, the reality we're in. Um, I, I know that um, these medicines have had some profound benefits for people with PTSD and other traumas. Um, you know, can you, can you elaborate on that, what your, what your understanding of that is? Or do you see it as, uh, you know, obviously a growing area of research to help people who have been stuck in a traumatic place?
1: Yes, um yeah, well it's quite you know clear you know that these compounds are exhibiting you know quite a you know, powerful you know, psychotherapeutic effects. Uh, you know for depression with you know, psilocybin, PTSD with MDMA, uh you know substance abuse disorders with ayahuasca, um uh MDMA, you know, psilocybin, uh all kinds of but, uh, the ther- um, sense- uh. yeah, you, you know, medical, you know, psychiatric yeah, conditions, you know, wellness enhancement, you know, creativity, you know, meditation improvement, you know, nature appreciation, all those things. You know, so in a way, I think they, you know, magnify, you know, the basic mechanisms of a psychotherapy. You know, they can be seen as enhancing, you know, the transference um, allowing, know feelings and memories you know to emerge which were you previously you know submerged or repressed or denied um you know there's less well you know there's catharsis you know there's a connection you know to emotions which you know may not have been possible before uh you know some of you know the biological data uh you support you know those kinds of uh experiential descriptions you know there's Increased, you know, growth of neurons from stem cells. There's increased, you know, connectivity, which occurs among, you know, nerve cells. You know, there's increased, you know, connectivity between certain parts of the brain which, you know, don't, you know, normally relate to each other. You know, there's, you know, loosening of, you know, the ego-oriented, you know, kind of, you know, tightening of uh um, habitual responses um, and, uh, you know, personality patterns, those kinds of things. You know, so um, it's, you know, like you were, uh, you know, mentioning uh, obviously intention. You know, so if you're going in, you know, to an experience, you know, with the intention of, you know, changing uh, yourself in you know, certain ways and you're steered in that direction and you're guided in that direction, and you can integrate uh, the experience um, using that, you know, platform, as it were, like an antidepressant platform or an anti-substance you know, abuse, you know, platform. You can consolidate those effects of neuroplasticity, neurogenesis, uh, using psychotherapy, you know, to, uh, or, you know, support, support, uh, you know, within you know, whatever model that you're working with. You know, to integrate, you know, to solidify, to, you know, make, you know, more enduring those uh, you know, kinds of insights and experiences.
0: Yeah, you know, it's um, it's an interesting um, uh, you know world that's emerging now, and this um, growing interest in these um, psychedelic therapies. Uh, you know a lot of people are using them in all sorts of contexts right these days even as you said dmt wasn't very popular in the beginning when you started doing the research and it is now it's much more popular and available so there's this growing um yearning in people for um, exploring themselves for healing for finding avenues that can you know profoundly assist in transformation and change but it's doing it in the right context right Rick it was like doing it with a guidance with someone who can support and um, integrate ex help you integrate the experience
1: yeah yeah you need you're the right container and you know, depending on the container um, you know the outcomes. uh, You know could be diametrically opposed. I. You know one. You know case. I'm in point that I. I You know bring up. You know like repeatedly. I'm add. You know like almost add. Nauseum is. You know the case. um of Charles Manson. You know Manson used a lot of LSD. You know with his. You know followers and. You know the intention of his. You know followers and of him. Was to just. You know wreck havoc. You know, but you needed, you know, uh, you know, to firmly believe in the truth of those crazy ideas in order, you know, uh, um, you know to be um, as dedicated um, as those, uh, you know, people were. You know, so you could steer those effects of meaning enhancement, you know, greater truth, you know, reality, you know, neuroplasticity, neurogenesis. In, you know, whatever direction you choose, if you've got that, uh, uh, you know, disposition, you've got those ideas, you've got those goals, but they're not quite well formed, you haven't, you know, really solidified them, you can steer them in that direction uh, using psychedelics, you know, so it's completely dependent on, you know, the set and the setting, you know, who you are and, you know, why you're tripping and with who and, you know, what your goals are.
0: Yeah, I absolutely found that to be true in um, setting clear intentions, the highest possible outcomes. You know, the highest intentions. I want us to, um, I want us to, I want you to talk about the new book because, um, you know, this practical. I, I haven't read it, Rick. I, I don't have a copy of it down here, but. Oh, darn. Um, I'm fascinated. I know. (laughs) I'll have to talk to the author (laughs) if he can organize something. Um, You know, uh, why did you write this book and what is it you want us to know about psilocybin, LSD, ketamine, MDMA, and DMT ayahuasca, which is the, that's the kind of the the potpourri of possibilities right now.
1: Yeah. Um so I've got some you know, chapters in there on your know, 5-methoxy DMT as well. Uh you which is the toad. Um and also I uh, and also I have a, a, a chapter on Ibogaine, you know, which is an African uh you know, psychedelic with um uniquely anti-addictive properties and uh you know, salvinorin, your know, salvia uh which you know which is a completely strange drug. Um who, you you know which is still uh you know kind of niche at this point um well, I think with you know the interest that is you know just exploding across the board in you know psychedelics you know that it's you know time for a book like a handbook you know to be written by an expert in the field, you know somebody that knows what they're talking about um as opposed to just some one who's you know brand you know brand new to the field i I think you know there's this perception, which is being you know, promulgated, you know, the psychedelics are panaceas. Uh, you know, they're wonderful. that you know, They will you know, cure everything. And adverse effects aren't really adverse effects. They're just, you know, challenging experiences and can be handled. Um, you know, so I, I think if you've been, you know, working in the field, and if you're a, a, a you know, clinician, I'm a psychiatrist, if you've done research, um, i think your perspective is a little different than let's say a science you know journalist or um you know somebody uh you know that's advocating you know um um in the uh psychedelic handbook um it isn't an advocacy book it isn't a, a you know g whiz book um, it's a handbook uh it 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 you know, provides background uh, it discusses the, you know, psychological and the biological mechanisms of action. Uh, it, um, you know, speaks about, you know, potential benefits. You know, but at the same time, I actually spend, you know, more time discussing, you know, the adverse effects or, you know, potential adverse effects, you know, than I do, you know, the potential benefits. I mean, you could turn anywhere. You, you could buy any book. You could, you know, look at anything on uh you know, Netflix about, you know, the potential benefits, you know, but it's, you know, quite hard, you know, to find, you know, kind of a, a clear-eyed approach, you know, to the potential adverse effects of psychedelics. And I spend a lot of time discussing them and, you know, how to prevent them and, you know, what to do if you experience, you know, problems tripping yeah so then i uh you know give a thumbnail of each of you know the drugs that you mentioned and the ones that i added just now um and uh you know uh you know the biggest uh you know chapter in uh you know the book um is called how to trip it's you know very methodical uh systematic you know this is how you get ready you know long term preparation you know short term preparation you know if you're going to be tripping by yourself with one other person in a group you know uh what you know what kind of, what kind of experience uh are you interested in which would you know, then determine you know uh you know what kind of dose of what specific drug uh you know how to manage your day uh you know how to call for help if you need to uh, you know be prepared and you know, then how to integrate afterwards and, you know, for the, uh, 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 well, you know, for the following, uh, you know, few days and, you know, then over the long run, are you going to trip again and why and, uh, you know, how frequently, you know, those kinds of things. Um, I speak, uh, uh, yeah, some, uh, um, of, you some of, your microdosing, microdosing, yeah, but there just isn't all that much information out there on, you know, microdosing, you know, which is, yeah uh, solid and scientifically based um and I uh, you know, speak about the law uh, you know the uh illegalization movement you know the decriminalization movement those kinds of things uh you know so it's a small book it's only like two hundred pages i um i'm you know, I'm, you're calling it you know tiny but tough uh, it you know packs a lot in, in into a you know small a uh, small number of pages.
0: Well, I think that there is an explosion of interest and use and, you know, um, the use in therapeutic settings. I know that uh, therapists are being trained in Australia now. Um, They're being trained in the U.S. I'm sure they're trained in in Europe as well. It's 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 an interesting time, Rick, and you're kind of like the grandfather (laughs) of this whole – understanding, appreciation, and in some sense um, validity of using these medicines, which we have to say, things like psilocybin have been used for probably thousands of years in cultures, ayahuasca for thousands of years in cultures as tools of transcendence, of healing, of transformation. Uh, You know, we are in a sense just discovering them now as they're brought into the world and into our world, but they've been around for sure, right? Those medicines, um, um, LSD and ketamine and MDMA are different stories, I would imagine. I, and by the way, um, the Iboga, the Ibogaine, I, I, I have met people who were deeply addicted. They were, they were so deeply addicted to alcohol to all sorts of of drugs, I mean their lives were a wreck, and they did iboga, and came out of that experience totally transformed, without addiction.
1: Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it's it was asto-
0: quite profound.
1: Yeah, it, you know th- those those you know, stories are astonishing. Um, you know, ibogaine is you know, kind of toxic, and uh, if you are going to use it, you really need to be using it under medical supervision. It you know can cause uh, uh, you know, some cardiac, uh, you know, just, you know, dysrhythmias. you know, so there have been a number of reported, you know, deaths, uh, you know, within ibegain, you know, clinics. But those all occur without medical supervision. Uh, if you're, you know, being given ibegain in a, you know, carefully, you know, monitored, you know, medical environment, um and your electrolytes are maintained and you're on a cardiogram and all those things, uh, you know, there are no deaths. Yeah, you know, but if, uh, yeah, uh, the, the, the stories, the case reports, you know, the series are extremely impressive. Um, and, you know, they're, and, you know, they're developing, uh, you know, compounds, you know, which are, you metabolites of ibogaine, which, you may not be, you know, quite so toxic, you know, but are still, you know, quite powerful, um, in terms of addiction interrupters. Uh yeah. Yeah. So we have you know barely heard the beginning of you know, the Abigail story.
0: Yeah, it's very fascinating. Um uh can so so we're talking about the use of psilocybin and uh, these other meds to um address this um uh what do we call the um default mode network. It's really fascinating because I have looked at brain scans of this wiring, right? This neurological, how the neurons are wired to fire to create a perception of reality. And doing these medicines in the right settings have changed the firing and the wiring. We've kind of, I, I, don't, I don't, you know, I don't know the right term to use, whether we have wired in new ways or loosened up the wiring of the default mode network. I don't know how you would define it, but there is definitely profound changes happening within the brain from people who are responsibly working with these medicines with the intention of healing. Can, can you elaborate on that a little bit?
1: Um, yeah. Uh, well, in a lot of ways, you know, the brain scan imaging you know, kind of data – it confirms you know one's experiences uh you know one's uh you know subjective effects uh you know there's a loosening uh of your sense of self uh you're you know more uh you know receptive you know to other ideas um you know repressed memories uh you might emerge uh you know repressed emotions and you know that uh corresponds you physiologically or you know, functionally in the brain, you know, as what's called uh increased, you know, bottom-up communication, you know, the, you know, parts of the brain which are, you know, which are, you know, normally, uh you know, suppressed, you know, by the default mode, uh you know, network, you know, which is called, you know, top-down control. You know, top-down control becomes less. You know, bottom-up control becomes greater. You know, so there's uh you know kind of an increased, you know flow you can even say from the unconscious to the conscious um and you know that's consistent um you know with uh you know people's experiences if they you know carefully you know if you know they carefully observe uh you know what's going on in their minds at the time um you were speaking about these compounds you know being used you know for thousands of years uh uh in support of their you know being used you know nowadays as well you know you know one of the differences uh you know between uh you know now and then i i you so to speak is you know those cultures you know have a long time you know to do you know trial and error uh you know regarding you know optimizing their effects on and minimizing you know their adverse effects. You know so I don't think we you know want to go you know whole hog quite yet without you know kind of uh you know working out you know frameworks you know which are you uh you maximally beneficial and you minimally harmful and you and um you and you know we can learn a lot uh you know from those cultures which you know have been using uh uh you know psychedelics uh your yeah for millennia um, in order you know, to accomplish that
0: yes it's it's um it's being open, but being uh, responsible and knowing uh, how to prepare, how to be supported, um, doing your research right with, when you're choosing to use some of these uh, tools
1: for human and transformation. Yeah, yeah, the important thing is education. And if there's, you know, one, if, you know, there's one overriding interest in, you know, my having, you know, written this, you know, this new book, it is, you know, to educate, you know, to give, you people the information, you know, that they need, you know, to decide if, you know, they're interested in psychedelics or they're not interested in psychedelics. You know, education, I think, is you're going to be key in uh, helping people decide, you know, what they want to do with increased availability and accessibility. And um, and that's why
0: <laughs> this wonderful new book that you put together, the psychedelic handbook, a practical guide to psilocybin, LSD, ketamine, MDMA, and DMT ayahuasca, and some others, is so important for people to. Read if you are curious about these medicines, if you are choosing to explore with them, to heal with them. It just is an incredibly responsible thing to do to learn, get educated before you jump in, I would say.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, um, you, because our uh, you know, studies. Uh, you know, kind of, you know, broke open the door, uh, you know, 30 years ago. Um, I do feel some responsibility to the field. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: You know, like I, I ran my studies, you know, from 19, uh, uh, um, uh, well, 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 from 1990 to 1995, and uh, I stopped, you know, um, or um, I wrapped them up, you know, because, you know, there just, you know, wasn't. You, you, well well there wasn't enough interest in the rest of you know the scientific community you know to you know join me and to start you know working know therapeutically with these drugs um and i just you know kind of closed up shop and started you know practicing you know general psychiatry for the next you know 15 years or so you know kind of waiting you know for what was going to happen with the field you know wrote my book in you know 2000 you the spirit molecule um and, you know, things were quite quiet, uh, up until, you yeah, know, maybe 10, 15 years ago. You know, so I think, uh, it's important, or, uh, I, you know, I, uh, felt it was important, you know, to, uh, to, you know, make a statement, you know, to kind of, uh, you know, re-focus, you, know, you know, the field in a way, you know, that I thought was consistent with my approach initially in, uh, uh, you know, getting this work you know, back in uh, uh, in the scientific and uh, in the popular mainstream. Well,
0: we're we're at the end of the show, but you know what comes to mind for me, Rick, is that you are a very patient man. <laughs> 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 you have had this vision since you were 18 years old. You went through all of the training to have the highest qualifications as a medical doctor and researcher, did this initial research, waited 15 years, and here we are. Time has come. That's, you know, truly, truly, uh, uh, I'm so, you know, impressed and have great respect for you and this mission that you've taken on in this lifetime.
1: Yeah, it kind of makes you believe in karma. (laughs)
0: It does make you believe in karma. And listen, we're at the end of the show, so I want to make sure people know that if they want to know more about you and your work, go to Rick Straussman. It's um, Rick's last name, S-T-R-A-S-S-M-A-N. Check out his documentary, um, uh, The DMT, The Spirit Molecule, which I watched many years ago. And if people want to get the psychedelic handbook, a practical guide to psilocybin, LSD, ketamine, MDNA, DMT, ayahuasca, and the others, then I guess it's just Amazon, the normal booksellers, um, right, Rick? Oh yeah. Places to go.
1: Yeah, and if you're interested in uh, signed and inscribed e uh, a copy you can order it, uh, you know, through my website, which is com.
0: Good, and you will
1: hand do it. It's not a stamp, right? <laughs> uh, it's a uh, you know, it's a Sharpie. Either purple or turquoise. Yeah, yeah, I've got them lined oh, gosh, my up. Favorite yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. Um. That's... Well, so last month I was on, uh, you know, the Joe Rogan Experience, and I, you know, told people, yeah, yeah, if you order through my website, I'll, you know. I will inscribe and sign books. Yeah, I, I got 350 orders when I got you home. Been, so.
0: You've been writing ever since. You've uh, <laughs> so got right well, <laughs> go. oh, okay, okay. go. to rest your wrist. It actually – Wait, Rick, got to go.
1: Okay, okay.
0: So thank you so much for your time. I hope you can rest your wrist <laughs> for a little while. My thumb And uh, my thumb. And, and all the best. And thank you for all that you do, Rick, in this space in this reality that uh, we're talking about. Well,
1: it's a you're pleasure welcome having, having
0: you on the show. Thanks. You take care. Mm-hmm. Bye for now. Bye. And for everyone listening, always honor the wisdom of your feminine self and see you next week. Bye for now.